Welcome in. Final hour of the program on this fun Friday. Fun Friday. It's uh, fun sitting here uh, working remote, uh, watching at home the snow fly. Snowmageddon is upon us. The winds have really kicked up, and uh, we are expecting blizzard-like conditions tomorrow. But uh, today, just a lot of snow. There's going to be a little bit of a lull, and then it's all going to come raging back until I think like noon tomorrow is when this whole thing finally finally passes and gets past us. But uh, I will say this. My fire pit is now gone. It's a 14-inch um, fire pit. Uh, I know that because I built it. It's 14 inches off the ground, and it's gone. There's barely a visibility of even where the snow is around it anymore. It's gone. So it's completely buried. So we've got at least that on the ground. At least that. And more to come. I guess another. Did they up it? Somebody said they upped it. Uh, I was reading over on the, the live stream. People were saying that the Weather Channel had upped it uh, from uh, 8 to eight to 10 to uh, 10 to 14. So, But the uh, total accumulation over the last week has been well above 14, 16 inches for sure. Oh, well, that's okay. Hunker down. We're all going to survive. Uh, Dave and, uh, Scott and, uh, Kathy, everybody, thanks for sending me the, uh, Wall Street Journal article. Yes, uh, I did get a chance to see it. Now, the only thing that sucks about some of these articles, they're on, uh, you know, like, you know, everything from the New York Times to Wall Street Journal, you got to pay for it. So you don't necessarily, if you don't have, uh, an account, you don't get a chance to see it. But they, uh, did a really nice piece on Jordan Love saying that he's the man that made everybody forget about Aaron Rodgers. And... It's not that I really want to get into the comparisons between Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers, because I don't. It's just he's had a really good start to his career. This this first season has been seriously, seriously good. So I I don't know how else to put a put a spin on it. I mean, it's just been really good. It's been eye opening. It's been pleasing. It's been better than expected um, by far. So, so many different adjectives you can throw behind it, but it's been really, really good. So, kudos to Jordan Love and for uh, what, you know. Now, again, as I've said all, all along, uh, a year does not make a career, but, man, he is off to one hell of a start. One hell of a start. Uh, Mike says, feel bad for you. I can still see grass here in Chippewa. Yeah, I, I guess, what, three, four, five inches in Chippewa, that's been about it. But down here, big, deep, 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 deep. That's okay. Everybody, I... I don't know if you're like me. I wanted snow for Christmas. You get snow for Christmas, it's like, ah, it's Christmas. This is cool. Instead, it was like 48 degrees, 44 degrees or something like that on Christmas Day and rain. And, ah, okay, whatever. And then you're kind of like, okay, now when you get past New Year's, you're ready for, ready for summertime. <laughs> and this hits. So this is the snow, though, that will bury us until opening day. This this is going to be around until opening day, unless we get kind of crazy up and down weather between now and that last week of March, first week of April. Uh, this is going to be the one that buries us until opening day, without a doubt. Um, this is from Jack, uh, who says, how far do the Packers have to get in the postseason to keep Joe Barry? Uh I don't know. I can't. Now, it would be the eyeball test that you would look at and how far do they go because of, say, the defense is playing extremely well and the offense turns the ball over and all of a sudden they're out of it. But I I can't imagine at this point Joe Barry remaining. 
Let, let me ask you this, okay? And I'll ask you. Let me, let me pose this question. Is there anything this team can do? Anything. Let's say they hold teams to under 20 points or under the remainder of the way, and they go all the way and win a Super Bowl. Would that save Joe Barry's job? What you tell me, because I can't imagine in the reality of world right now, I can't imagine the Packers going that far. Let's say they do steal a game in Dallas, but they still give up 30 points and they just offensively go toe to toe with Dak Prescott. Well, then it's more the offense than it is the defense, right? But let's just say they go into Dallas, hold Dallas to 17 and win the game, win a 24-17 battle in Big D and move on. And then let's say they all of a sudden have figured it out against the run and they hold Christian McCaffrey to whatever. I mean, you just start going through this. If the, is there anything at all that this team could do that would change your mind regarding Joe Barry? Grant, is there anything at all that this team does that you could say, boy, Joe Barry, man, got to give him credit. You, you know, you get, he, he's earned his keep. He's going to stick around another year. Hmm. It's an interesting question. I guess if all of a sudden they all start tackling really well, you know, I, I, I think, and I talked about this on my show last night. I think you can run lots of different schemes in the NFL and, and be good on defense. Four, three, three, four, really, really aggressive, mm-hmm. really pat. Like, it, it's about the culture and the message and how well everyone tackles and how aggressive and confident they play. So if this defense looks confident and aggressive and they're tackling well and they're fundamentally sound and they're in the right gaps, sure. Like, I don't know. Why not? I, I don't think it's as simple as if they win two playoff games, Joe Barry gets to stay. I, I don't think we can boil Joe Barry's future right. down to, to results. It depends on how it looks. Um, right. But I, I just want to see a defense that looks confident and organized and fundamentally sound. And and that's been my biggest problem with the defense this year. Not that they're passive or aggressive. It's just that, I don't know, they don't look like a, a well-communicated, well-coached unit. See, that's that's my point, is that even if they went on to win, why did it take you 14, 15 weeks to figure out the, quote, communication issues? You know, unless, you know, behind closed doors, there was a bad apple that was screwing things up and one guy was really making a mess of things. But why did it take you 13, 14, 15 weeks to get this thing to where now they're looking good when you couldn't stop Tommy DeVito? You couldn't slow down Baker Mayfield, you know? Uh, Why did it take so long? Another thing I look for, you know, are the young guys, are they getting better? Are they becoming better pros? And are are they becoming more fundamentally sound? Like all all these draft picks the Packers have, uh, Van Ness, Carl Brooks, uh, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, year two guys. Does it look like that they're getting better? They're spending time in Green Bay with these Green Bay coaches. Are are they getting better? Mm -hmm. And are they improving? Are they developing? That's another thing that I want to see. I want to feel like, all these first and second round defensive players on this team, they're actually getting better, and these coaches are are, are growing and developing them. I, as you go through the names, wouldn't you? Th- I mean, just from what I've seen, I would say, yeah, they're getting better. Devontae Wyatt, certainly getting better. Lucas Van Ness, for, for people that watched him early in the season to where he is now, 
he's very quietly put together a solid season. Quay Walker is he's still making tackles downfield, but it's sometimes it depends on how they use him versus where he actually is. But he has gotten better. You know, I mean, I I would have to say, and then you look at guys like Corey Valentine and Valentine, guys that are filling in, and they've looked good. You would have to say they got better, right? I would I would think so. So, I, but I again, it there is such a stigma right now in regards to this that I can't, I can't get past the, I I I can't get past the that that anything could happen that would save Joe Barry's job. I can't, I can't, I can't get past that. But because I think we all have a bias as fans, but you you got to look at it and go, did Devontae Wyatt get better? Yeah. Did Lucas Van Ness get better? Yeah. Did Colby Wooden get better? Not exponentially, but yes. Quay Walker, depends on how he's used, but yeah, he's sideline to sideline, man. Rashawn Gary, Quay Walker was the one that said it. Hey, when Joe calls the plays and lets us go, it's great. You know, I, they get rid of Rasul Douglas, the guy's Corey Valentine. Valentine gets better. Yeah. Did they get better? Yeah, I guess they did. But statistically speaking, they're still a middle of the – they're still a middle-of-the-road defense. So when you when you go and look at all of this in a vacuum and you say, boy, Joe Barry's done a pretty good job, especially as of late. When they needed him most, he stepped up. But the bottom line is you still have invested so much capital in this defense and you expect so much out of it and it's still a middle-of-the-road defense. And I think that's the reality that you have to look at and say, look, Joe's done really well down the stretch and some things have been really good. But in, in all reality, by the time the season came to an end, for where they're at and the, and the statistics this team has and everything that's been stated and said and frustrations and – on and on and on and on and on. Everything you look at, you still got to look at it and go, mm, it's kind of a middle-of-the-road defense. Still kind of a middle-of-the-road defense. I, I think that's the way you got to look at it. I, because I don't think statistically they show up as much more. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. I don't know if anybody would agree with that. And I'm sure there's people out there that are saying there's nothing he can do to uh, to to make us want to keep him. But in the reality of what it is and where they were supposed to be and what they were supposed to be this season with all the draft picks and all the stuff. And, and again, you're you're looking at a team that had injuries. I understand all of that. But in in that sense, defensively speaking, you're talking about a team that's still bottom line uh, a middle of the road team. I mean, the Packers finished uh, in yards per game. They're middle of the road. They're probably 16th in yards per game. Passing yards per game, um, they ended up pretty high. They were, I think, top 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They were ninth. They were ninth against the pass. They got better as the season went on against the run, but they were still nowhere near where they should be. 
I think they were like at 31st or 30th at one point. They ended up at 28th, 27th, 27th in the league. So as much as you want to look at the team and go, ah, my God, you know, they, they really did progress. But, no, they're still a run middle-of-the-pack defense. And they're still outside of the top 10. They're 11th when it came to scoring total. They gave up 20.6 points per game, which is not terrible. But it's that's not where you need to be. You got to be in the. You had to be in the top ten, top five, for the talent you've had, and you really kind of came on at the end of the season. You finally figured it out, but it was too little, too late by then. So no, I I, I would venture to guess that this is probably more that you're just you figured it out too little, too late, and it's still time for a change. Uh, let's go to Brad in Marshfield. Brad, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, how are you? Are you feeling any better, Bill? I'm feeling good today. Yeah, I'm a lot better today than I was yesterday. That's for sure. Well, that's good. I got a couple of things. First of all, how about them Packers, huh? How about them right? Packers? Just finding and, your and way into the postseason is a good thing. Yep. And second, my my, my one of my other, uh, I got two things I'll hang up and I'll let, and I'll let you uh, uh, talk about them. Uh, first of all, um, you're talking about uh, deep coordinators. Um, this guy could be a game show host. With, with his name Wink Martindale, mm-hmm. and uh, exactly, and uh, do you think uh, Goody would uh, maybe tr- uh, put Jair or uh, somebody in with some draft picks and trade up to get uh, Harrison uh, from Ohio State? Because I tell you what, if the Packers had Harrison in that lineup with all those wilds they got, ain't nobody right. going to stop. Ain't nobody going to stop that passing game. No, I agree with so that. I appreciate the phone up. call. I, I, no, I, I would love to see Marvin Harrison Jr. in Green Bay just to put, like, the additional feather in your cap. With, with Then you would have all the wideouts and all the talent in the world around your quarterback. I 100% I would love to see that. Do I think that's going to happen? No. But I would love to see it. If they got aggressive and they said, hey, we're going to move up, we're going to grab somebody to add and complement all of this, uh, that, would be, that would be fantastic. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Realistically, uh, look, probably would have to move ahead. up like 15 spots at least. Yeah. They'd have to get yeah. to fifth or higher if they wanted to you get would, him. Exactly. You would have to really make a big jump, and it depends on what you're going to give up for him. But I would, I would, I mean, I would love to see it. I would love to see them add another, another good wideout. You can never have too many weapons. You just can't. You just can't. Uh, look, we got Mike Clemens standing by, so we got to take a quick break. We'll come back. We got more. Mike Clemens going to take us the rest. Take us the rest of the way. Stay tuned. Stay right where you're at. More of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You know, my first year in the league it was 1993, and we lost the AFC Championship game in Buffalo, and and I thought, man, this is awesome. You know, this is great. I made more and playoff bonuses than I did in my salary and and you know you, so you think you're going to go there every year you know and you, you but it's that's not the reality of this league you know so been a number of championship games but you know only been to one Super Bowl you know that's 30 years welcome back in our guy Mike Clemens on the ground in Green Bay Mike uh, McCarthy waxing nostalgic about uh, you know how difficult it is to get to the postseason and then even more so get to a Super Bowl and uh, Mike uh, you know first and foremost uh, Green Bay you get uh, you know obviously the the injury report and Jair Alexander rolls that ankle uh, <laughs> that's two injuries in practice you know what I mean boy it's, it's like you talk about a guy that's you know kind of snake bit yeah, he got injured earlier in the year, 
with uh, Ben Sims, who was playing on the practice squad or on the scout team, the tight end, and he got a little, you know, uh, too aggressive or something, but it ended up jacking up uh, Jair. I think it was a, was it a, a shoulder injury? Yeah. Shoulder issue, yeah. Yeah, and he missed two or three games because of it. Um, and and so now, uh, you know, he wasn't out there yesterday after, you know, playing in the game against the Bears, the week suspension before that, heading into Vikings and everything. So we go to LeFleur and say, you know, what happened to Jair Alexander? Yeah, so it was uh, kind of a freak deal yesterday. I mean, because you guys saw we were, had mostly a jog through and uh, just unfortunately stepped on somebody's foot and rolled his ankle. So I know he's doing everything he can to be available, and it's, I'd say it's day-to-day. And um, But we thought it was best, obviously, today to have him not practice. You ever seen somebody get hurt in a jog through before? Well, it's happened. Uh, it doesn't happen very regularly, and it's just one of it was a freaky deal. And um, it's not like he was. I mean, he was locked in, focused, doing everything we asked him to do, and just fortunately just stepped on somebody's foot, and it happened. Mike, the uh, which uh, hopefully I know he's listed as day to day, but hopefully uh, it's not a severe ankle sprain, and he's just able to shake it off. And you know how they are with therapy up there, so maybe he'll be good to go. But the other guy that everybody's wondering is. Will Christian Watson be there uh, because you would like to see that, at least see the speed on the field to stretch it a little bit? Yeah, because he'd be such a weapon. He would be so fast inside the, you know, the dome at AT&T. Well, he was the last time uh, that uh, he played the Cowboys, had some big plays against them. So um, we had a, a good, long conversation with him, and then I'm here to say Christian Watson is not one of those guys can't make the club if you're in the tub kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact is, though, he talks about week after week with this hamstring injury he suffered in that game at Lambeau where he was kind of sliding down uh, while being a ball carrier, that um, it, it's, it hasn't felt close to 100%. And like last week, he said, okay, let's do this. How about I practice on Wednesday and Thursday, and then we see how it is on Friday. I'll rest it on Friday. Well, Lafleur's like, okay, he's talking to the trainers, he's talking to the player, but Lafleur said, "You know, I got a game to play here against the Bears, and I'm good at, at wide receiver depth. And I, you know, I'm I'm not going to add in 15 plays on Friday because Christian Watson says that he can go. So that's pretty much why he didn't play last week. This week, you know, he's, I I said, look, this is do or die. It's the playoffs. So why don't you just go out there and play? And you know, if you re-injure it, heck, you got the off season to recover, right? Did, would you would you think about uh, making your decision that way? Um, I mean, I don't really think I'm thinking about it that way. Um, I mean, for me, it's more so. Uh, uh, I mean, I got to get to the point, or I, I don't think I'm going to be 100 percent either way. Uh, to be honest, uh, I mean, coming coming back from hamstrings, even when I was you know coming back earlier in the season, I think it was more around like 90, 95 percent. Uh, and I was still, you know, playing in the Detroit game and the Vegas game. Uh, and that's just how it is. You kind of got to, you know, work through a couple kinks after getting back um, with the soft tissue stuff. But, um, I mean, I got to be able to get – I got to be able to play at the level that I know is, you know, going to benefit the team and not, um, you know, put us in a worse spot. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm not thinking about it. I got to be 100% to go, uh, but I got to be able to make a positive impact to, to go. And that's not real uh... – reassuring, I guess, might be the best way to put it. Right, Mike? Yeah, you know, the thing about it with Christian Watson and the, the kind of athlete that he is, you know, it's the, the fact is you're out there running, but you get that little twitch. 
You know, there's that still that little weakness that feels in there like, oh, man, could the whole thing go again on me? And, and that's what makes you nervous about it. You don't want to put yourself into a spot where you're going to end up having to have surgery for it. Right. Then you've got uh, another wide receiver. Uh, again, you're talking about an injury, and Romeo Dobbs coming back. He goes to the hospital and gets checked out because of a chest injury, and he's spitting up blood and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and so you've got yet another weapon that you're kind of you know raising an eyebrow at to make sure he's good to go. I talked to him after practice Wednesday. He kind of put up his hand like respectfully. Can't talk today. Yesterday, when a bunch of reporters came to say, okay, today can we talk to you? I said, okay. So we gathered around. And he basically was asked, you know, so what happened? I mean, why did they have to take you to the hospital? Why were you coughing up blood? And, and here's what he said. Uh, feeling a lot better than I felt, um, you know, just throughout that time. I've been progressing. That's the, you know, biggest thing I'm looking forward to is progression throughout the week. What was the reason they took you to the hospital? What did they want to, what did they want to check? I will leave that up to Coach LaFleur. Thank you. What what he say? I would what? I will I will leave that up to Coach Lafleur. Thank you. And he's not being you know snotty or anything. He was under instructions. You're not going to talk about your injury. Lafleur will. Maybe because it's kind of sensitive because they had to send him to the hospital, right? Right. So you know I'm sure he wants to go. Hell, he was remember he was on the exercise bike during the game trying to work his way yeah. back on the field. So whatever caused him to cough up that blood. And it's listed as a chest injury. Maybe Lafleur will—he'll probably get asked about it now today. About you know, because Dobbs apparently—I think he did practice today. H. A. Dillon with the neck stinger, uh, still not not out there today. And Jair Alexander with the rolled ankle from Wednesday's run through practice did not participate in today's practice today. Huh. Interesting stuff. Uh, a guy that knows about the hamstring issue. And how difficult it is to come back, but boy, he looks to be back, and that's Aaron Jones. Mike, go back to Week One when he went running up the tunnel in uh, in Soldier Field, grabbing the rear end of that uh, that leg, and said, you know, he was out for what three, four weeks before he ended up even thinking about coming back. Hamstring injuries are tough. Yeah, and then when we were up in Minnesota, uh, he took a hard hit, even though he was running like crazy for over 120 yards. But then he gets, you know, he gets banged in that sprained MCL gets the pain, and so he's got to go in the tent and have that looked out. So he's talked about having to deal with those injuries this season. Uh, it's definitely tough, you know. A lot of a lot of time spent just trying to get your body back right. Uh, different treatments, different amount of things, how long hours spent into it. Uh, weeks on weeks on weeks, and you get to a point where, like, like you start to question yourself, like, damn, do I want to continue to do this? But that's when things get tough. That's when it really shows who you are as a person and uh, just continue to work through that, fight through that. Uh, showed up every day, was here for my teammates, uh, trying to cheer them on, uh, get, be, be whatever they needed me to be, um, and continue to work to get better every day. And, you know, I, I feel like uh, I did that, and it stacked those days, and it's showing. You know, Mike, um, and this is the one thing that we have not talked about, is I would assume, I'd love to see, I want to see Aaron Jones come back. But there is the thought that if uh, this is their last game, that maybe they start the youth movement, maybe, maybe they start to purge that even more money off of that salary cap, and he could be one of those salary cap casualties. Yeah, look what the Cowboys did. They moved on from Zeke Elliott. Uh, how much did that hurt him, right? I mean, right. running backs at 29 and 30. Aaron Jones, two major injuries, or at least injuries that kept him out of several games uh, this past season. And now he's 29 years old, and we asked him, hey, could Sunday be your last game as a Packer? 
Nah, I mean, we're in a playoff run, so uh, I'll figure that out when that time comes. But right now it's just it's playing football, I and mean, this is where I want to be, so I, I don't see why I would be thinking about that. I have another year under, un, under contract, so uh, no, that's, that, that doesn't pop up in my head. Just uh, how can we get the job done in Dallas? Which is good. I mean, but, you know, with with us asking it, you you got to at least kind of figure that it's probably sitting in the back of his mind as he starts to, you know, go through warm-ups and look out over the field and realize if, if this indeed is their last game that this could be it, or at least after the ball game that this could be it. Uh, in the meantime, you know, hey, they've got uh, they got a lot of work to do. So was to, uh, was the Monday night uh, gathering at Jordan Love's house again? Do you know? Yeah, but we may have got a little overzealous there in the media because we're talking to young <laughs> Bo Melton, the rookie, right? Yeah. And and hey, you know what, what's it been like playing with Jordan Love? Oh man, Jay Love, he's the best. He has us over to his house on Monday nights. And you know we watch football, and there's you know it's great feed. But you know he brings in the receivers, and he and he brings in the on the the running backs. Sometimes they come to we're there at Jay Love's house on Monday nights, and we're doing football. So we're thinking, oh wow, Jordan Love. I mean, they got the meetings on Tuesday with the receivers. There's Love putting up dinner, and so I said, you know, I was talking to Jordan about uh, wow. So do you watch the the, the previous day's game tape? Are you already jumping into the next week's opponent and everything like that? And Charles Love says, uh, "We said, well, what do you what do you do? What do you eat when you have these players over at your house?" Oh man, we we have a good little spread. We get uh, some chicken, lamb chops, mac and cheese, cornbread, rice, veggies. So it's a good little spread. When did you yeah. start? Uh, like halfway through. I, I I know Bo said I do it every Monday, but we we <laughs> we, don't, we definitely don't do it every Monday. I've done it a couple times, um, but you know, like halfway through the season, just. Do you, do you want to look at the previous game, or are you focused on the next game? Oh, we—I mean, we usually watch the game on Monday night, that uh, the NFL game that's on. So, uh, yeah, whatever game is on, we'll, we'll talk about that. Whenever, not every Monday. About how many times have you done this? We've done it twice. Oh, just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> twice. We've done it twice. There you go. That's good stuff. It went from being every Monday to doing it twice. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. Take a quick break. we got Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. Mike's brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau Field. Perfect for that family stay. And the Bay Family Restaurant featuring the homestyle cooking seven days a week. That's the Bay Motel on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call for reservations, 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441. Or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. More with Mike Clemens coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show continues. Our guy, Mike Clemens, joining us on the hotline. If you're looking for a terrific water softening system, no need to go any further than Connecticut. Connecticut is the best that's out there. Swear by it. Have uh, for a long, long time. Go to H2, the letter O, H2Odoctors.com. That's H2Odoctors.com. Good stuff. And uh, appreciate them being a part of the program. Have for a long, long time they've been with us. Mike Clemens joining us uh, on the hotline. And, uh, so, Mike, uh, you know, 
It's the Dallas Cowboys, and I keep thinking about the irony that what would it be uh, like if the Green Bay Packers were the one that uh, knocked the Cowboys out of the postseason and ultimately cost Mike Clemens, or Mike Clemens, Mike uh, McCarthy his job? Well, it could cost me my job, apparently, too, if the Packers don't win or something. <laughs> uh, hey, I've got some breaking news for you, buddy. So, Romeo yeah. Dobbs, able to practice today, taken off the injury list with the chest injury. Don't know exactly what that, you know, details are. Maybe Romeo and I will talk since he has been cleared. Jair Alexander, who rolls his ankle, stepping on a teammate's foot in Wednesday's jog through practice, will be a game-time decision he did not practice today. Okay. Boy, that's, uh, well, you know, I again, I know Matt uh, LaFleur said that he kind of wanted to hold him off today. You're kind of hoping that tomorrow during their walkthrough that he's able to go. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Or, or how he feels out there Sunday, Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon before the 3.30 kick. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, you heard uh, Mike McCarthy there talking about uh, the divisionals, uh, uh, or, or rather, uh, you heard him talking earlier this hour uh, about uh, the experience that, that, that this team has and both teams have. You know, Dak Prescott's been in quite a few. And uh, he, is, Mike McCarthy says, yeah, when he was on the other side of the ball, still working in Green Bay, he talked about that uh, divisional playoff game when the Packers went down to Dallas uh, Dallas had a good team that year, um, and you're playing there in AT&T, and then Rodgers brings it back. He makes that tremendous pass to tight end Jared Cook down the left sideline, that circus catch that he made on his knees, and then Mason right. sets up from 56 yards to kick the winning field goal, and Green Bay wins 34-31. to And McCarthy said, yeah, he and Dak talk about that game because that was Dak Prescott's first playoff game. I mean, it, was a, it was a great game. Dak and I was- has spoke about the you know particulars of the game time and time again, and I think even more so when you you know you go through different situations and every situations in that game it came up, and and now that you know we're in the same offense, you know he can see the you know the similarities and why we do what we do, and you know in really the history behind it. So, but we yeah we've talked about that game a number of times. Interesting that uh, that's, you know, from Mike's perspective to say, oh, yeah, we, we knew what we could do. We know we were good. And, but you know, then again, Mike, as much as we talk about the play that was called, it was really an incredible throw, an incredible scramble on a guy that had a bad calf, mu- calf muscle at the time in Aaron Rodgers, and what a catch by Jared Cook. Yeah, and, and think about this. The last time that the uh, Cowboys played the Packers was up in Green Bay, November of 22. And one of the huge plays was a, a takeaway from Jerron Reed when, you know, Dak Prescott had the ball in his hand and he was going to be able to drive down the field and uh, win the game for the Cowboys. And instead, uh, Jerron was the, the defensive lineman able to send the game into overtime. And the Packers, you know, Aaron Rodgers hits Alan Lazard for uh, a scorcher down the middle of the field. That set up a, mm-hmm. a winning field goal. So I talked to LaFleur about this, you know, from a standpoint of uh, – you know, uh, uh, so do you have on your play card, do you, do you and Jordan Love talk about scenarios like, okay, there's two minutes left in the game and suddenly defense gets us a turnover in the Dallas 30. What's that first play we want to run, right, to strike and, and right. take advantage of it? And he said, yeah, they talk a little bit about that, but it's just more like, a, no, he sticks to his card, his menu card, that says if the situation is you're starting a drive on their 30-yard line, Here's the plays we want to call. And so that way, you know, the, the team, as, as, and when you're looking for the personnel group, okay, we just had a turnover. It's a, 
you're actually doing it as if you uh, had done it at any time in the game, not necessarily a clutch situation in the game. So Prescott now, he's, he's actually played in eight playoff games. Uh, they've, uh, they've won two of them in his time. And we talked about, you know, how much is that going to help you going into Sunday against Jordan Love and the Packers? Yeah, I mean, definitely experience helps. There's no question about that. Just understanding that the game's going to take care of itself. It's, it's the preparation that we've got to make sure that, that we're not taking anything for granted in these moments and just the preparation and the detail and everything and how we're going to approach this game with the game plan. Uh, therefore, when you get to the game, obviously there's emotions just naturally, right, being a competitor, getting to the game. When you're locked in your game plan, you know that you know what you got to do, you know the reasons, you know the whys. All that goes away, and then, and then it's playing game. And then, then at that point, it's just another game, and that's, that's what you needed to get to in your preparation, that, that you feel that way. And um, if anything, the, the stress should, become, should come early in the week and, and alleviate as, as you get closer to the game. Interesting. Um, I, I understand kind of what he's talking about, but I, I'll tell you this, Mike. Uh, I keep talking about if you can get up in early on this team and let them start to feel pressure because you can almost hear the collective gasp inside Jerry World saying, oh, my God, here we go again, if they can punch him in the face early in this one. And I think that's a lot to do with, you know, not just uh, Jordan Love and the offense, but Joe Barry's defense. Can they get a couple of stops early and make this team begin to think? Yeah, and Joe's got a pretty you – now, except for this Jair situation – He's got Devondre Campbell back in there with Quay Walker. Uh, they've been pretty healthy on their offensive line. T.J. Slayton and nose tackles had some on and off problems with a toe injury and ankle, this kind of thing. Uh, but he's, you know, he's got a squad now that has played together and won most of their games, except for that stinky game against the Giants, where they were more worried about Saquon Barkley in the running game instead of the quarterback, or when they were hosting Baker Mayfield, they're more worried about wide receiver Mike Evans. And the quarterback, and so Joe Barry was asked, with that loss to the Bucks and Baker Mayfield, was that a learning experience for you uh, when it comes to drought now getting ready for Dak Prescott on Sunday? I learned that game I got to coach better. You know, that's the first and foremost. But I stand up here and talk to you guys every week and tell you, I mean, every single week against every single offense, against every single quarterback, you know, therein lies different challenges. And this week they, they got, I, I think, you know, I was, I was in Washington when, when Dak came into the league and, you know, just kind of seeing him, what he's been able to do the last eight years. I don't know if he's, you know, I, I have a ton of respect for him. I think he's played a lot of good football his entire career, but I don't know if he's playing, if he's ever played as good as he's playing right now. Mike, uh, you know, the one thing we keep talking about is the matchup with C.D. Lamb. But they, I went through it earlier today. Jake Ferguson, Tony Pollard, you look at Brandon Cooks. You, you, they've, they've got quite a few weapons that they can utilize. It's not just the C.D. Lamb show. No, you know, Luke Fickle, the Badgers coach, said something interesting. When he was going to have to go in and play Ohio State, he said, you know what, if we could just be there in the fourth quarter. And they were, actually, until his right. own quarterback fumbled. And I think that's what the Packers, if Joe Barry can keep these guys in this game uh, and not let it get be a blow-up, because if it's an early blow-up by the Cowboys, the, these Packers are not coming back. When does these, this, this year's Packers win? When they, when they are up by 10 points or 14, and Joe Barry can take chances on guys, like you say, like the running back Tony Pollard, Jake Ferguson, Brandon Cook, and how to figure out how to cover C.D. Lamb and go after the quarterback. What makes Dallas unique is that, you know, C.D. has, I mean, I, th I think he has like 180 targets, you know, 
And of course, he's an elite, great receiver. But I was with Brandon Cooks in in L.A. I think I think Brandon's been he's been a, a great wideout in this league for a long time. The Ferguson kid is a great target for him. He's their second leading receiver now. He's got. I think half the receptions that CD has, but you know he's an issue and a, and a problem to deal with at the tight end position. And Michael Gallup's been a very good player in that offense for a long time, also. So um, I think what makes you know Dallas different is that CD has so many targets and so many receptions there. And then you, you add in Pollard into the mix; he's very good out of the backfield receiving the you know uh, catching the ball. Mike, I, I, it's going to be a defensive effort as a whole, not just whether or not it's Jair on C.D. Lamb, but also whether or not they're able to get pressure up the gut and, and put it on Dak Prescott. I, I, you know, obviously you want to stop the run, which is not their forte, but they they got they got to be collectively good. Uh, I just you know, there's nobody that's picking really the Packers to win this ball game other than faithful Packers fans saying, hey, they can shock the world, but they've got to be collectively good. Yeah, and you know he's had Joe Barry's had a pretty good de- uh, performance from that defensive line, although they give up yards from time to time in the run game. They put pressure on the quarterbacks. They've they've kept mobile quarterbacks contained, like they did against Patrick Mahomes, and that win over the the Chiefs. And another guy who's kind of stepped up is in his second year is Devontae Wyatt. I mean, we were asking him on the second half of the season with that inside pass rush. How many times has he gotten to the quarterback? You know, I think he's. I think Dy finished with five and a half, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And he really he. I hate when coaches say, "Oh, he could have had you know three or four sacks." And you look at him, you're like, "Come on!" I mean, Dy missed a legitimate five sacks this year. So I mean, he he was very close to having a ten sack year. So it was it was great to see the way he finished. And I think it's just you know a testament to the kid. I talk about all the time, just guys improving from year one to year two, uh, daily improvement. And he shows up every day and grinds and works. And, uh, you know, it's, it's paid off for him with the numbers. Nobody in this game, though, has more pressure on them. It's not Jordan Love. It's not Dak Prescott. I think it's Mike McCarthy. It is. It is. With Jerry Jones breathing down his neck. This is the best roster that we've put, had together in Dallas. And, you know, you're our guy to take us to the next level. And McCarthy, he kind of gets the pressure at home because, remember, he comes to Green Bay as a single man. He marries Jessica, who's from around here. They have kids. And so he says, you know, when you come home, like, is it is it Packers fans or Cowboys fans? I mean, I, you know, I'm living, you know, I got a wife and three daughters, obviously two sons, but, you know, I'm, you can't win in that house. I mean, so, yeah, so, you know, that's a great question, Clarence. I can't believe I'm saying that to you today. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. We. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, yeah. Uh, we're talking with Mike Clements. We're going to go ahead and uh, get, take a quick break and come back and then wrap it up with Mike. By the way, breaking news, Washington's Kalen DeBoer right now, who guided the Huskies to a Pac-12 championship, looks to become the next head coach at Alabama, currently negotiating a contract to take over Nick Saban's job, uh, the vacant position left by the retirement of one Nick Saban. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more. Uh, still a big, important session yet to go with Mike Clements. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up, and it's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's a very emotional day uh, for the organization. You know, the end of an era that'll be hard to be replicated, I think, at least in my lifetime, if ever. 
Welcome back to the program. Those are the words of Robert Kraft yesterday talking about uh, the uh, the parting of the ways with Bill Belichick. Mike Clemens joining us now on the hotline. So, Mike, that was uh, that was something that obviously here in our own backyard is getting a little bit overshadowed because we're so concentrated on the Cowboys and the Packers this weekend. But, uh, you know, Bill Belichick, no more in, in, uh, in Foxborough. Well, after 24 years, and Robert Kraft was asked, well, wait a minute, you just said if Belichick is the greatest coach of all time, why are you guys getting rid of him? Well, the last three years have been pretty tough. And I know uh, for our dedicated fans and myself and, you know, in life, I just learn things happen. And our family is the custodian of this asset, the New England Patriots. And we know how important it is to the psyche of the community. And what's gone on here the last three, four years isn't what we want going to be weird watching them on, on the sideline next year and no Bill Belichick there or Bill Belichick in a different you know colored hoodie <laughs> yeah and Belichick didn't take any questions he just pretty much said goodbye to the fans goodbye to the team it's mm-hmm. with um just so many fond memories and and uh, thoughts that I you know think about the Patriots and and uh, I'll always be a Patriot I look forward to coming back here uh but at this time uh you know we're gonna we're gonna move on and um, I look forward and excited for the future, um, but always very, very appreciative of the opportunity here, the support here, uh, and, you know, the, what Robert, what you've done for me. So there you go. That was it. Mike, uh, you're now on your way to Dallas, and we got the Green and Gold postgame show coming up uh, on Sunday. Uh, any, any final thoughts before we, uh, we get away for the week? No, it's just interesting that they already replaced Belichick this morning. Yeah. Gerard Mayo. They replaced him this morning, yep. A kid that he drafted in 2008 right. that played linebacker for him is now replaced him, youngest coach now in the NFL at 37 years old. Not for yeah. long, the NFL. Right, no no doubt about it. Great stuff. Uh, Mike, we will talk to you uh, from the locker room in Dallas. Thank you, pal. All right, buddy, talk to you. He, uh, he drops off, and that's going to do it. That's going to do it. We are really looking forward to joining everybody down at Nice Ash coming up this weekend. If you're in the area and you want to come by and go to the watch party with us, come on by. Doors open up at noon, free to get in, and uh, we're just going to hang out, watch the game. We've got the Green and Gold postgame show coming up immediately following the game. And then, uh, who knows, maybe we're talking about uh, the Green Bay Packers. Shock in the world. Shock in the world. Ending the tenure of Mike McCarthy in uh, Dallas. Sending Jerry home to eat bad brisket and uh, move on. We hope. We hope. We hope, but we're going to have a watch party coming up this weekend. And let's be honest. I mean, by the time the the weather breaks, it's going to be cold, but at least then you're going to have dug yourself out of your homestead and you can come on down to Waukesha, Wisconsin, and join us and enjoy some some fun and uh, maybe a couple of beverages and who knows. But uh, we're going to do the Green Gold Postgame Show immediately following. So good stuff this week. Really good stuff. We will talk to you again after the game on Sunday. Until then, time for us to go. Have a good one.